0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Science Faction, the only show where a scientist, a comedian, and a comedian-scientist come together to discuss science, comedically.
1: Hello, and welcome to Science Faction 613, Science Faction, killing kids' organs and finding old teeth.
0: You sound like an old German fairy tale. Like, oh, careful, Krampus will come out tonight if you are not careful, and he will damage your organs and find a
1: hominid tooth. You know what? That's actually pretty tame for an original German fairy tale. Like, I feel like there's not nearly enough sexual assault or death in there. Well,
0: you were caught lying once, which means your anus must be filled with hot coals.
1: No, no, it has to be, like, weird and, and specific to the period. They're like, no, you, you have been caught lying. Your anus will be filled with dashavudin, which is a folded flour pastry. And it's like, what? No one's heard of that. Except for the
0: creepy pastry guy who keeps eyeballing me every time I walk by. Man, I'd love to shove some
1: pastries in that ass. There's a reason that, like, the Germans really pioneer a lot of the weird porn that we see. Like, there is a cultural reason that they are at the vanguard of, like, bizarre sex acts. I mean, are they beating Florida at this point? Yeah, but I mean, Florida is not bizarre sex acts as much as it is just like meth and fuck something. Like, that. that's, like, Germany, they put effort into it, they get dolled up, they have makeup on, and then they're like, we're gonna shit in this bag and throw it on a dog while that guy jerks off. <laughs> it's, it's, that's,
0: just, that's just like a tame, topless show.
1: It's a Gantensausen. It was cited in literature for the, in the 18th century. It's, it's very common in Germany. That's because the uh, the
0: Germans are very efficient people. Anything they do, they do well. So if you tell them to be kinky, they will be the kinkiest yeah. people. It will be super well-designed and efficient.
1: Yeah, Franz Ferdinand put that out, you know, in like 1917, and then they've just been sticking to it ever since. <laughs> oh, the band? <laughs> And speaking of the vanguard of sexual experimentation of this show, I, of course, am your host, comedian archaeologist Robert Timothy. And with me, as always, is my always kinky comedian, Mr. Damien Mercado. Damien, how are you doing this afternoon?
0: I don't know, Bobby. I, I've heard that I, I'm actually a pretty, I'm like, I would be like the Terry Gross of uh, German uh, morning radio. I'd be very calm.
1: In that you do the dirtiest stuff? <laughs> We've talked on the show before about Terry Gross's porn history, which was also under the name Terry Gross. And it had a very different meaning.
0: Yeah, uh, the German Damien is uh, smearing feces inside of a studio right now.
1: At least I'm not Terry Gross, that sick bitch. But yeah, we're the only
0: podcast who's turned Terry Gross jokes (laughs) into sexual jokes because usually a Terry Gross joke (laughs) is a joke about how tame and mediocre the announcing style of Mm -hmm. of your radio program is, but not on Science Faction. I go Terry grosser than you. (laughs) Oh boys, stop objectifying me, really. This is fresh air, and I'm Terry Gross.
1: If you guys haven't had a chance, go ahead and sign up for our Patreon. Search Robert Timothy on Patreon. Uh, if you have trouble finding it, go ahead and send me a link. Some people have, have told me they had trouble, so it's more difficult to find than it should be. But we have a bunch of new Patreons coming in. You're going to hear all about them from an on-air shout-out that is not Alex Jones, as we talked about. Though that is going to that, that guarantee is only for the next week and a half. If you sign up for our Patreon in the next week and a half, your shout-out will not be from Alex Jones, <laughs> after which... Crap
0: shoot. Y- are you strong enough? Do you have the upper body strength to keep micro- Alex Jones away from
1: the microphone? Let me ask you to that. Be fair, Let's start there, Bobby. I think he's like 5'4, so I think it's lower body strength. I think it'd be a lot of teep kicks and <laughs> Is he like 5'4? Is he five, I don't know what he is. <laughs> Uh, like honestly right now if you told me alex jones was six three and if you told me alex jones was five four i would believe you like if, if somebody <laughs> said it could be I, he's like the moon i never see him <laughs> in reference <laughs> to other
0: objects i've seen him with his shirt off but i even that doesn't that, is, that does nothing it doesn't it does, they could be giant
1: nipples so you have no idea <laughs> all right let's move right on to science articles from molecules to particles, this is
0: Science Articles. You trying to keep me away from the microphone, Robert Timothy? I'm a red-blooded American man! Standing between a man and his microphone
1: is like standing between a man and his chili. You just don't do that! I'm just a man without a shirt telling a woman to stop eating my chili. And that she doesn't have rights. <laughs> Uh dear, article number one, a mystery is killing children's organs. Like a really dark turn that the Riddler took. <laughs> That'll be a way better supervillain. All these guys are like, I'm gonna kill all the prisoners in Gotham, and you're like, Alright, that's gonna save us some tax money, but like, yeah, go after kids' organs.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the Joker might hold Gotham City ransom, but like uh the Riddler holds uh Commissioner Gordon's son's kidney ransom.
1: So this is a super interesting story. We've actually mentioned it. I think it was on uh I call BS. We mentioned it briefly, but we haven't delved completely into it because frankly, there hasn't been a ton of information out. CDC and a bunch of others have released some information, and so it's time to talk about it because it's one of the most interesting stories going on in the world right now, and it might be the next pandemic. Side note, it's not gonna be, but it is showing itself to be a, a very, very scary thing. And that is a rash of hepatitis among children. Across the world, at least so far as we know in the Western world right now, including Europe and, and uh, North America, but certainly we think more than that. And we are talking about children who, you know, hepatitis in children, which is just inf- uh, a disease of the liver, the liver's failing, that's really rare. There's a couple things that we know in general to cause it. One is viral hepatitis. You've heard of that hepatitis A, hepatitis B, hepatitis C. Those are viral infections that infect the liver and, and can cause hepatitis.
0: Yeah, I mean, most hepatitis is caught at punk shows in the 80s, you know? I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, like, I, I think there's an influx between a bunch of kids wearing, like, you know, rancid T-shirts, you know, uh, uh, unwritten law T-shirts, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, and then all of a sudden contracting. I think these kids are just dope-ass
1: kids who know how to score in an alley. So like those cause hepatitis, we've talked before about acetaminophen or Tylenol being super, super dangerous under just very small amounts over the recommended dosage. That can cause hepatitis among children. But in general, children don't tend to get hepatitis a lot because their livers aren't strained. I mean, maybe like some Russian kids, I guess, that are like doubting some But in general, most of our non-heavy drinking children don't have this problem. Yeah, (laughs) In Russia, there's just a bunch of jaundiced children. Yeah, well, I mean, I was just imagining, like, there is somewhere in Dagestan right now where a nine-year-old is coming home from his third year at his factory job, and he's stopping by the local pub to down a few fingers of vodka before he heads home to his wife. I like how you chose Dagestan. Party and drinking capital of the
0: world. Dagestan. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I just figure if there's anywhere where an eight-year-old is nearing management years of his factory job.
0: <laughs> Man, he's eight years old, best manager. But uh, back in his day, before
1: he blew out his back, he could really work that forklift. <laughs> so this was first came to the CDC's attention back in November of last year, in which it was noticed in about five children in Alabama. And what we noticed was these kids who didn't have any signs of viral hepatitis all of a sudden had hepatitis. Their, their liver was inflamed. They were having problems. Many of them needed transplants. Some of them even died eventually. And here's the crazy part. None of them were like related. Like we said, they're all in Alabama, but like they were from disparate parts of the state. They had no like connection that we could tell other than that these kids who were somewhere usually between five and 12 were coming down with a totally unexplained type of hepatitis. And that has since expanded. It has since gone into more than 500 known cases in more than 30 countries, causing the need for more than 24 transplants, liver transplants, and more than 12 deaths. So this is fairly serious. And what's crazy is... We don't really know what's going on. Now we do have a tip, which is that the blood of many of these children, not all of them, contained adenovirus 41. Now adenoviruses are basically like, for the most part, most of them are like colds. We get them as common colds and, and they kind of come through. You have coughs, sneezes, etc. Now two of them, adenovirus 40 and adenovirus 41, can also cause gastrointestinal issues, diarrhea, vomiting, that kind of stuff. But hepatitis is interesting. Now there have been some hints, I looked back into the Research to figure this out. There was a 2017 published paper that looked at the association between certain children who showed a denovirus infection after having had some kind of immunocompromised situation, and then later getting hepatitis. And in those cases, it was much. We already talked about they were already starting as being immunocompromised in the first place. But also, there were eight cases over the case of 20 years throughout the entire country. We've had a few dozen cases in like the past six months in a single state. So like this. This is a certainly whatever is going on. Something else is happening.
0: Learn to use the internet. It's able to 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 reach people better. Well,
1: it could be that we're seeing more, and that's one one population is maybe this has been going on this whole time, and we're just now picking up on it. But. It doesn't seem to be the case because we would not have missed something of an order of magnitude like that. Eight in 20 years versus that many in like a few months in one state. That's just, it's not likely that we missed that. And also it's popping up in other places. It was noted a few months ago in Scotland, and now it has spread to a bunch of other European countries. And this is serious, by the way. We're talking about transplants and death for children between the ages of like five and like 12. This is a really serious thing. And we're not sure exactly what's happening. Not all of them test positive for that adenovirus. And even then, if they did, there's plenty of other people who have that adenovirus who aren't needing those those transplants and what's going on what suddenly happened near the end of last year that made this a big deal Now, there are a few possibilities. One is this adenovirus mutated. It is now something different and it's causing problems. The issue with that is, and it might be in conjunction with something else, but if it's just by itself, again, all those kids in Alabama, the kids in Scotland, the kids in Europe, they didn't know each other. So it's not like they all caught this one adenovirus that mutated in one kid and they all got it. It seems like these are widespread adenoviruses that are only having these type of hepatitis effects on a certain number of children. Trying to think of like what common thread Scotland and Alabama
0: have. As I understand, Scotland is not the Alabama of the UK. No, no, I've been there. It's this nice place. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things. Whereas Alabama is.
1: I got it. I got it. The further deep you go into either one of those places, the less likely you, as an English speaker, are going to be able to communicate. Yes. What you talk about, Dingo? <laughs> That's just my traditional Scottish accent. Dude, I went, I went to Edinburgh one time and I was like, what fucking language is this? This is, what are you guys speaking? Like you, you hear yourself, right? Like, you know what the standard is, and you're purposely flaunting it. And the mystery deepens, by the way, because liver biopsies don't actually show the adenovirus in the liver. It's only in the blood, which would be very interesting if the liver was being massively attacked by this particular virus, and there's no evidence of it. So very, very interesting. Now, one possibility, and one thing that has been suggested is, it might have to do with previous infection with SARS-CoV-2. Because again, that is a new thing. We've had adenovirus 41 around for a very, very long time. We haven't had these problems but then all of a sudden people are getting infected after possible SARS-CoV-2 infection and maybe that is doing something especially because we saw in children that SARS-CoV-2 infection could impact the liver and cause liver swelling even in kids who weren't super 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 sick maybe it is permanently injuring or damaging the liver in such a manner that now this adenovirus comes in later and causes way more problems than it normally would I would blame
0: the vaccine in an Alex Jones voice, if you said, mm-hmm. if you didn't say that many of these kids were from Alabama,
1: because we know they didn't That's touch true. the vaccine. That's true. Though, interestingly, very few of them are below the age of five, uh, which is the cutoff for vaccines. Well, you got to, I guess you got
0: to give that adenovirus time to marinate the,
1: with the well, SARS, yeah, with yeah, COVID? This would not be because I'd, I'd have to double check, but I believe the vaccine got approved for children in late 2021. And these cases were reported in the fall of 2021. So I think this would actually be before children under 12 would have been uh, able to get the vaccine.
0: Uh, yes, but I think that there was a misunderstanding in the state of Alabama ages related to reading level and uh, Alabama children are actually way behind on the curve. So uh-huh. you know, whereas uh, a California child would be getting his vaccine vaccination almost seven years before uh-huh. the Alabama gotcha. was able to was to reach the reading level of a California five-year-old
1: man we have some weird medical practices
0: I just <laughs> I don't I don't get them sometimes I don't get them I, I, I'm an originalist the Constitution says we have to do medicine this way what? I'm a constitutional originalist, Bobby. I put myself inside the worst founding fathers we had and try to reproduce the constitution
1: that way. Very, very interesting. And I'm interested to see how far this goes. You know, are we seeing, is this me talking about the SARS-CoV-2 at the end of 2019 and going like, hey, there's this weird thing going on in Asia, just so everybody knows. Like, is that this, or is this just like a weird, like this is going to be a blip in the annals of science that tells us something that did happen, but wasn't that big a deal?
0: I don't know. We're coming off on the, uh, we're coming off off the heels of a uh, 1 million deaths and counting in a pandemic i think if anything this uh this child liver disease yes it's attacking kids and that pulls at our heartstrings but it's gonna have to step it up a notch if it wants to uh to overshadow if he wants to get the covid attention
1: Yeah, though, I mean, we do tend in this country to care more about kids than old people. So, like, that might make people care more. Also, if you want to reference back to those Alabama people and the type of people who would be anti-vax in the first place, those are also the ones who are more likely to need a liver transplant later in life. And if there are less livers to go around because, A, these kids have bad livers, and then, B, all these greedy kids stole all the liver transplants, those guys might actually mobilize.
0: Is this why? Uh, is this why? Uh, like, uh, red states are forcing pregnancies because they they're gonna need
1: <laughs> so organ harvesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's, it's the only thing I can think of to strip liberty from human beings.
1: Very very interesting, and we'll catch up with the, this however it goes. It's really interesting that all this stuff is coming out, and, and I really want to know. This is one of those mysteries that I'm I'm so eager to know the answer to, and I, I just can't wait. All right, on to article number two, Denny bear tooth found in Laos. Yes, the Denny Bear.
0: That's a science faction with nobody else like. That's our word. That's your word. You coined that. I'm not going to pick up Nature and see Denny Bear reserving to a uh, Denisovan,
1: am I, Bobby? I mean, if you do, that just I, that just means you know the Nature publishers are big fans of ours, which I wouldn't be surprised of. <laughs> They're being awfully coy in our iTunes comments section, Bobby. <laughs> they have to be. There's there's
0: <laughs> regulations about. Are you kidding? They rave about uh, Skeptoid and uh, Stephen Novella on his fucking iTunes shit.
1: Oh, dear. So, we finally found Denisovan remains in Southeast Asia. It's Celebration
0: Day! So, when are we cloning? When are we cloning a Denny Bear?
1: Well, we didn't actually get their DNA, actually, from this one. So let me review on who the Denny Bears are, or Denisovans. We call them Denisovans. I've actually heard them pronounced by people who know better than me. Denisovans or something? I don't know. We're going to keep calling them Denisovans and Denny Bears because that's better.
0: It was named after a guy named Dennis, not D. Yeah, but he was Russian. With de- so Denise? maybe Denis.
1: Who knows? Was he Denise on,
0: on like uh, out of irony? Yeah, maybe it was a boy named Sue situation that his Russian <laughs> father put him in. Yeah, but yeah, I feel less bad for the boy named Denise because
1: you can just pronounce it differently, you piece of shit. Listen to me, son. You will, you will have to be coming back from factory near age eight, and you must be made tough for this. <laughs> I uh, call you Denise Alex Jones. So very, very exciting. We have talked about these guys literally since their publication, their discovery. Very, very interesting. They're essentially the eastern branch of Neanderthals. So they're less related to Neanderthals than they are to like us. They split off from longer ago. Why wouldn't Johnny Cash's dad name his kid Hitler then? You know, I mean, (laughs) a boy named Hitler. Andy Dick is a first name. So the Denisovans were these eastern branches related to Neanderthals. We only just discovered them, like literally a decade ago. But since then, have found their DNA in our own species in enhanced amounts in Southeast Asia, which let us know there was more breeding that happened there. Though the only remains for the longest time came from one single cave, not even a single area, a single cave in Siberia, the Denisovan cave, in which we had Neanderthals, we had Homo sapiens, we had Denisovans. But that was the only place we found Denisovan DNA and Denisovan material. That's how we linked it to all the Denisovan DNA we see in human beings elsewhere. And, And we only had a few scant pieces, by the way, little parts of skulls, jaw fragments, teeth fragments, pinky fragments, not much. And then, a few years ago, we reported on another find that expanded the Denisovan range out of that one cave to Tibet. High, high, high up on the Tibetan plateau was the jaw of a Denisovan. Now, we didn't get DNA from that either, but we did a protein analysis and figured out that it was most likely Denisovan, but again, no DNA from it. And now, finally, we have found evidence, physical evidence of Denisovans in Southeast Asia, which we knew we should expect because of the genetic evidence of increased mating between our species and theirs in Southeast Asia. All right. Question, if we
0: finally find a tooth with some DNA in it, do you think they would clone one of these things just
1: so we could figure out how they looked? We have DNA from the Denisovan cave, but that's the only place we have DNA from. The other ones, we just look at protein. Like this one, they didn't have DNA. Southeast Asia doesn't preserve DNA very well. They looked at the protein and was able to tell it's likely a female Denisovan. So we have DNA, yet we don't have
0: a Denisovan army yet. Okay. Yes. Well, True. way to go, science. Way to spend that money
1: we know that they contribute to our own lineages in fact some of the people who live high up in the Tibetan plateau up there you know super high up in the uh, up in the Himalayas they actually get the genes that allow them to live up there and better process oxygen from denisovans we got those genes from them so they do play a role in human history there's a bunch of finds in china that i think will later be confirmed to be denisovans but for now these are the only ones we have we now have 3 Distinct locations of known Denisovan remains.
0: And after this heist, they're all gonna be in one place Bobby's living room. <laughs>
1: Now, these are about 150,000 years old. The story of their discovery is actually really interesting. This was a team working in Laos. They were working, looking at an area that had one of the oldest sites of Homo sapien occupation at like 70,000 years ago in Laos. And so they were looking around for stuff. They knew that there would be denos in Southeast Asia, so they're looking around for stuff. Some kids tell them about a local cave that's got a bunch of bones in it. They climb in there, can't find anything, look around on the walls, and they realize that the walls are embedded with bones everywhere. They pull a bunch of them out. The Most of them are faunal bones, but one single tooth Looks like to be a hominid, but doesn't quite look human. They look, they do some comparisons, and they figure out it's most likely a Denisovan. And there we go. We all of a sudden have Denisovans in Southeast Asia. Very, very, very big discovery, even though we knew it would be there. We knew we were looking for this. We had not yet found it. And this is just one more step in telling the story of how we all came to be and human history and everything. We actually think that a lot of these got washed into the cave, and the dating's around 150,000, something like that, multiple sources of the dating, both the fossils themselves and the sediments around them, so we could be pretty sure on that, and that's important because that is before human dispersal out into that area, and so that means that what we are looking at is almost certainly just a Denisovan, not a hybrid, and might be, in fact, one of our ancestors that ended up breeding with uh, later Homo sapiens that came through. Well, as Caucasian, we got that sweet Neanderthal mix in us, right? We do. We do. We have some Deni- Denisovan too. We have less than people from Southeast Asia. The ones who have the most are the original uh, exodus out of Africa. Those that became the Aboriginal Australians, New Guinea Highlanders, and Islanders, all those guys, they have more Denisovan DNA, which makes more sense because they, we got there much earlier than the rest of us did. We were from a later migration and there were probably more Denisovans at that time. I'd love to have Tucker
0: Carlson on the podcast and explain to him that the human the, the human beings that are the most, the highest percentage of human being. Have the least contamination from another hominid are sub Saharan
1: Africans. Yeah, that would be interesting. I think his bow tie would spin around.
0: <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> Neanderthals will not replace us. <laughs>
1: It's also very cool because that means we have at least five hominid species running around Southeast Asia, kind of like near that time, right? We have Homo sapien, we now have the Denny bears, we already talked about Homo Floresiensis, we recently discovered Homo Luzonziensis in a similar island nearby, and of course Homo erectus had been hanging around there for about a million years. So like I talk a lot about like the Lord of the Rings aspect of this time in human history where you're you're here with the orcs, and if you go over the hill, there are elves, and the other side there are giants, and that was fucking real and they were people and they were just different types of people were the orcs the homo erectus i don't know i think that seems fitting just more about killing. Yeah, but, I mean, Floresiensis and Luzoniensis were both, like, hobbit size. They were both super tiny. So, like, there were tiny little ones. Homo erectus was, on average, taller than we are now. I think, like, on average was closer to six feet in uh, height. So, like, I don't know if you'd call them giants because they were kind of skinny. But, like, still, it is a crazy time and something that nobody, you know, for the last couple thousand years has ever been able to experience, which is the idea of meeting a different type of human.
0: In person again. Let's get that DNA and get that clone army. I don't. I. I want to see the. uh,
1: There was a giant uh, species of hominid.
0: I want to get him in the
1: NBA. It wasn't a hominid. There wasn't a hominid, but there was Gigantopithecus, which was a giant upright walking ape. And we don't even really think it's upright walking nowadays. It looks more like it was like a knuckle walker kind of, kind of like a gorilla, even though it was more closely related to an orangutan. Very, very, very interesting. I am super excited. Every time we get more and more information of that, that type uh, out of that area, we are essentially writing the history of humankind, something that's been lost for hundreds of thousands of years, and it's fucking awesome. It is so awesome that we we knew this was there somewhere. We knew if we looked hard enough, we would find it. And even a place with horrible preservation because of tropical climate and humidity and everything like that, we did still find it. Just simply Awesome. Who knows what else we were going to find in this area? Because it looks like a whole bunch of different bones from a whole bunch of different animals washed in during some hydraulic activity. And we might end up finding some really, really cool evidence of hominid occupation of Southeast Asia.
0: Yeah, I'd like to see what they look like because I want to see if Denny Bear is accurate. You know, Denny Bear kind of makes me feel like warm and fuzzy about Mm -hmm. the the Denisovan. But what if they were fucking horrifying to look at?
1: I mean, they probably were. I don't think they bathed a lot. Yeah, but they bred in with
0: us, so they must've been fuckable, you know, in some.
1: I mean, well, uh, no, see that's, you're arguing the exact opposite <laughs> of the argument I made to my professor in undergrad. Cause when I was an undergrad, we had not yet found the genetic evidence of Neanderthals interbreeding with humans. And so they would teach that it didn't happen. And I remember thinking like, well, just because you haven't found the evidence doesn't mean it didn't happen. And I remember telling, like I was we were having a discussion in class and was like, so what about this? And I was like, well, one, it's not that there's no evidence. There's some interesting shin bones from Spain at like 27,000 years ago. That might be a mixture of Homo sapiens and Neanderthals. So that might be a slight bit of evidence. But two, here's my evidence. We are in college right now. Everybody look around here. Everybody is fucking And some people are doing it real weird. Like, that is just a given. (laughs) Like they're German or something. The German exchange students (laughs) are on another level, man. Yeah, like everybody's fucking and some people are doing weird ass shit. You're telling me that in a time where you might not see another homo sapien for, you know, years on end because there aren't huge populations and there is one of these things that look close enough that you as like a 17 or 18 year old are not going to do that. That is just not realistic unless they have a weird duck vagina that like points the human penis a different direction so that they don't get impregnated. This just does not make sense.
0: I can only maintain an erection if the vagina that I am entering is a maze for my penis to figure out in real time. It's
1: because he's a saposexual.
0: You're right. I am sorry. That is inappropriate. What I meant to say was that I will have the rooty-tooty fresh and fruity.
1: Uh, Oh, I do like the idea, by the way, that like uh, Neanderthal or Denisovan vaginas were essentially like an escape room for the penis. And like you had to find the right the right way. And that's how you got him pregnant. (laughs) Highly capable penises solved it. (laughs) Very, very interesting stuff. Can't wait to see what comes out next. All right. Thank you, audience, for coming back for 613, where you learned all about a mystery that's killing kids' organs and how we finally found Denny Bear remains in Southeast Asia. Thank you so much for joining us, and come on back next week for Science Faction 614. People often assume
0: that I have a voracious and awkward sexual appetite, but this is not true. I am simply a meat-and-potatoes testicle clamp man. You've been listening to Science Faction. Wait, that's not right.